You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Last week, we started a new uh, teaching series called Teachability. We're talking about this one character trait that we all need to grow in every area of our lives. I really believe, church, if we become more teachable, it's going to help us in every every sphere of our lives. It's going to help you in your relationships. It's going to help you in your career, certainly. Whatever your field is, it's going to help you uh, in the way you handle your finances. Any area of your life where you need to grow, especially your spiritual growth. Last week we said, after all, to be a Christian is to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus. We're learners. We're students. It's going to help you grow. And I think this series is, is timely because we're living in a culture where teachability is in short supply. We're living in a cultural moment right now where people would rather be right than be teachable, where people would rather shout their opinions at each other rather than listen and learn from someone else's perspective, where people want to be experts without being students. Hello. This is the cultural moment we find ourselves in. In fact, I saw a meme a while back that kind of speaks to this, cracked me up. It said, have you ever noticed that people will take time to look, won't take time to look up important information, but they'll take 15 minutes to take a quiz to find out what kind of potato they are? What kind of potato are you? (laughs) Come on, we've all done this silly stuff on social media before. This is the world we're living in. And I really believe that teachability will help us grow in every area of our lives. It'll help us go uh, further, faster in reaching our full potential in Jesus Christ. Come on, how many of you want to reach your full God-given potential? Now, how many of you like the idea of going further, faster, rather than shorter and longer? Does anybody in here really like taking the long route? Anybody in here really like detours and like having to relearn the same lessons over and over again in life? Anybody? No, I didn't think so. The problem is when it comes to our journey to reaching our full potential in Christ is that there are certain roadblocks that get in the way of us becoming teachable. Roadblocks aren't good. They, they cause our journey to take longer than it should take. Speaking of roadblocks, how many of you remember the snowstorm that hit New York City back in November of 2018, the one that hit during rush hour traffic and just, it just shut the whole city down? Do you guys remember this? I don't know where you were on that day, but <laughs> I was in it. Uh, in fact, just to remind you, meteorologists had totally got this wrong. They had told us not to expect much snow at all, and so people didn't really adjust their plans, and they went about their normal work day. And then about six and a half, uh, six and a half inches of snow hit the city. In fact, it was the snowiest November day since 1869, and it hit right during rush hour traffic. Now, I just so happened to be flying back from Tel Aviv, Israel that day. Um, I had come back from a 10-day study tour in Israel, and on the last day of the trip, I got a stomach bug. Everybody was coming down with a stomach bug. I was sick as a dog. I mean, really, so sick. I lost my lunch three times on the plane. That never happens to me. One of those, yeah, it was just miserable. And so you know how it is when you, you know, when you're sick like that, you come back from a long journey, six, seven hour flight, like you just want to go home straight to your bed, right? Well, lucky me, I I arrived at JFK airport and my good friend Vic, who's here today, picked me up from, from the airport and the snow was starting to hit really hard and we got on the road and and we were like, man, there's a lot of traffic. Like, what's going on? The snow started coming down and so we opened up Apple Maps. We opened up Google Maps. We opened up ways, like we were trying to find a way around this traffic and every direction we were going, we were just hitting more traffic. 
And I'm telling you, hours later, we ended up in the Bronx, like just standstill, like parking lot. We're trying to creep down every side street possible. And guys, I'm sick as a dog. I mean, this whole time. At one point in time, I had to use the bathroom on the side of the street in the Bronx. Forgive me for that. Don't eat the yellow snow. But after being trapped in the car for hours, there were some of us in a predicament, you know, your pastor using the bathroom on the side of the road in the Bronx. I know. An imagery you didn't need this morning. But I'm sick as a dog. I'm in the car, and at one point in time, I gave up hope. I was losing hope. I'm like, Vic, just pull over on the side of the road. I'm going to die right here in your Mercedes. It's okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to make it, man. And he's like, no, brother, we're going to get you home. You're going to sleep in your bed tonight. Well, I'm telling you guys, eight hours, eight, nine hours later, okay, from JFK to my house in Westchester, we finally got home. And I'm telling you, when I got home, I crawled up the steps into my house, and I kissed the floor and laid there and just wept for a few minutes. It was so bad. Talk about roadblocks, right? Talk about roadblocks. I mean, roadblocks will cause your journey to take longer than it should. And all of us have encountered roadblocks in life when it comes to our teachability, when it comes to our personal growth, when it comes to our spiritual growth. And the good news is we're not the only ones who have encountered these roadblocks that have kept us from reaching our full potential. The good news is that we open scripture and we see people of God that God actually used, he worked through their lives, who also encountered roadblocks and overcame them. And I want us today to look at the life of one of the greatest men of faith in the whole Bible, and that would be Moses. Moses, if you remember him from Sunday school or catechism class, this is Moses, one of the greatest men of faith in all of the Bible. This is Moses who was tasked with leading the children of Israel out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt after 400 years. Moses who performed miracles. Moses who, you know, called down the 10 plagues. Remember the locusts and all that frogs and all that crazy stuff on, on Egypt and part of the Red Sea. So Moses was given this, this calling, this task by God to lead the Israelites to the promised land. And in Exodus chapter 18, we're in the middle of that story. Moses comes to what we might call a teachability crossroads, a teachability crossroads moment in his life. And so let me just set this up for you. In this chapter, Moses's father-in-law, he had a father named Jethro who comes to visit him. And like any family visit, they catch up. You know, I don't know what your stories are like, but here's Moses catching up. Let me tell you what's been going on in my life the last couple of years. And he begins telling him all of the miracles and all that God had done and how he delivered the Israelites from Egypt. And like Jethro's just kind of blown away at the, at the faithfulness of God. And then let's look at what happens next. Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 through 18. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. So he catches up with Jethro, then he goes to work the next day. They waited before him from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Like, Moses, what are you doing here? Why are you the only person judging all of these people's disputes? Look at Moses' reply, verse 15. Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. Like, this is what I do. This is my job every day. I sit here, and I listen to all these people who aren't getting along, and, and I help them hear from God and resolve disputes. Look at Jethro's reply to Moses in verse 17. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out and the people too. The job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Like, Moses, what are you doing? You're going to run yourself into the ground. Now, in this moment, Moses 
is faced with a teachability crossroads. Here's Moses, right? He is the leader chosen by God to lead God's people. This is Moses. He's the man, like Moses who got the Ten Commandments, like Moses who parted the Red Sea, like Moses who was played by Charlton Heston in the movie The Ten Commandments, like he is the man. And his father-in-law shows up and gets in his business and tells him he's got it all wrong. Now, where are the married people at? How many of you married people just love when your in-laws come in town and tell you how you're doing everything wrong? We've got to talk about the way you're parenting my grandkids. Let me just tell you, you got it all wrong. And how do you want to reply? Why don't you just shut up? <laughs> now, my dear mother-in-law is probably watching right now, and she would never do that to me. Love you, mom. You're the best. So here's Jethro. Okay, Jethro is basically a farmer, like a sheep herder from out in the middle of nowhere, the wilderness. He's from this area called, called Midian. And, and so here he is. He shows up and he begins to give Moses' advice. This would be like some farmer from upstate New York, you know, coming into New York City, going down to Wall Street to one of the biggest banks, one of the biggest firms, one of the biggest companies, and watching what the CEO does for a few hours and pulling on the side and say, hey, let me talk to you, man. You got this all wrong. Like you're running this place like terribly, right? How would that CEO respond? He'd be like, get your butt back to upstate New York right now and get out of my face. That's what he would do. That's exactly what's happening in this moment. Moses is God's chosen, hand-picked man, chosen by God to lead his people. Imagine what was going through Moses' mind at this moment and what potentially stood in his way from, from growing through this teachable moment. He faced five roadblocks that we're going to talk about. I want, I want you to put these in your notes today. I want to give you five roadblocks to teachability. Moses probably experienced each one of these and I know we all experience these. I think you're going to resonate with some of these today. So I really want to encourage you to, to take some notes today. Open up the Redemption app. There's a spot where you can take notes. I want to give you five roadblocks that get in the way of us becoming teachable, that cause us to take the long route, that cause us to get detoured, that cause us to have to keep learning the same lessons over and over again. And they keep us from, from reaching our full potential in Christ, because we're, we're followers of Jesus. We're disciples. We're here to learn. We're here to grow. If you're new to this church, this is a church for people who want to grow. Can I get an amen, somebody? This is a church for people who are here to learn and be stretched. And so we're going to talk about five roadblocks to teachability. Here's the first one. Number one is pride. Everybody say pride. Number one is, is pride. Now, remember, Moses is, is this great leader, right? This great man of God, this great prophet of God. He's the mouthpiece of God to the children of Israel. And he has experienced God working through his life like probably nobody in all of the pages of Scripture had experienced up until this time. I mean, this dude called down 10 plagues on Israel. This guy like lifted his staff and parted the Red Sea. Like he is an MVP, superstar, man of God, miracle worker. Can you imagine how Moses had to swallow his pride in order to listen to his father-in-law's advice? Well, let me ask you this question. When's the last time you had to swallow your pride? Maybe it was at work when somebody who was younger and less experienced than you came up and gave you some advice, and it was really hard for you to hear it, even though they were right. Come on, parents, let me challenge you. Where are the husbands and fathers? Let me challenge you. Husbands, fathers, dads, maybe your wife came to you and said, hey, I think, honey, you need to go a little bit gentler on the kids. And what was your response? Don't tell me what to do. I know how to parent my kids. I'm their father. I've said stupid things like that before. <laughs> 
Maybe it was a, a message that, that challenged you, that corrected you, and instead of you allowing it to change your life, you, d- you dismissed it because your pride kind of got in the way from you receiving it. Pride is a roadblock to our teachability, and we all have to overcome it. The other day, I was on the phone with somebody who uh, we were talking about a leadership episode in their life, I mean like 20 years ago, when they were just a young leader, and they were kind of telling me about this painful experience that they had with an older leader, and I could really identify with it. I could resonate with it. I understood it. I've experienced some of the same things as this person, and, and I said, well, um, you know, I, maybe it would help you to, 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 and I didn't dismiss their pain. I identified, but then I said, maybe it would help you to experience some healing and some forgiveness to maybe see it from, from a little different point of view to recognize how young you were how, how young and inexperienced you were, I was trying to be gentle and not, and not say how immature you were at the time, it may give you a little more grace for, for the other person that you probably had some of these lessons to learn no matter where you went. Well, after the third time I tried to say it and phrase it gently, they still weren't receiving it, I realized the, the roadblock to pride was there. The roadblock of pride was blocking them from getting what I was trying to say. I want to say, let me just be straight up with you. Dude, you were young and immature and you were going to get hurt no matter where you went. <laughs> I didn't say that. But pride was blocking that person from, from seeing it that way. Church, I want to help you. This is one we got to overcome if we're going to be teachable. Pride will get in your way every time from growing into your full potential. Here's the second one. Number two is fear, the roadblock of fear. We're talking about some roadblocks that get in the way, that, that, that stop us, that, that detour us on our journey toward teachability, toward growth, toward our full potential in Christ. Now, I want you to notice Jethro's advice to Moses. After observing him and watching the way he was, he was running things and leading the people, look at what, what he says in Exodus chapter 18, verses 19 through 22. This is Jethro speaking to Moses. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. That part's good. Yes, Moses, you have to teach the people. Yes, Moses, you are God's chief representative to the people. But I want you to take some advice. Look at verse 21. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Find some honest men. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,150 and 10. Verse 22, they should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the people decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load and make the task easier for you. So Moses, you got to get a little better organized here, Moses. Like you need a system of some minor courts. It's okay if you're the Supreme Court, if you judge the big disputes, but let the everyday stuff be decided by some other trustworthy men. And in this moment, Moses had to face the roadblock of fear, of fear. See, if Moses listens to Jethro, he has to completely change his model of leadership. He has to change the way he's leading. He has to reorganize the whole thing differently, and and he's got to face this fear of change. What if this doesn't work? What if this all blows up in my face? What if I try and do things the way that my father-in-law is telling me to do, and it doesn't work out? You see, sometimes one of the greatest things we fear the most is change. One of the things that we fear the most is change. In fact, I was doing some reading about this, and psychologists actually have a term for the fear of change. It's metathesiophobia. Come on, let's say that together just for fun. Metathesiophobia. Man, you guys sound so educated and smart. 
Metaphysiophobia, the fear of change. Psychologists actually tell us that our brains are hardwired for the fear of change because it has to do with the primal instincts of the fear of the unknown. We don't like the unknown. We don't like circumstances that are beyond our control. Anybody in here, you love circumstances that are beyond your control. No, I didn't think so. We don't like this, right? There's something instinctively deep down inside of us that doesn't like change. It's about survivability. It's about us being in control. It's the fear, the fear of change. And so let me ask this question. Have you ever come to a crossroads where you knew you needed to make a change in life, but fear kicked in and you kind of got stuck? Have you ever been there before? You came to a crossroads in life and you knew you needed to make a decision, you needed to make a change, but, but the fear of change kind of overwhelmed you and, and you felt stuck. Maybe it was a change you knew you needed to make in your career, but it was overwhelming to you. Maybe it was going back to school to get a different degree or to get a graduate degree. Maybe it was, it was uh, changing your whole strategy in your business. Like you knew you needed to go in a totally different direction, but it was going to be really mis- risky. It was going to be a really, you know, big, big move. Maybe it was a change in your parenting style for you parents. Maybe like Moses, like you needed to let go and let someone else lead. But the scary thing was that it was going to involve some change. And you couldn't predict everything that was going to happen. Let me just tell you, I came to a crossroads like this a few years ago. Uh, after praying and, and seeking God, I began to feel God calling me and leading me to, to plant like this church, to plant a church. I came to this crossroads, right? And I was facing this fear. Let me just tell you, it was exciting, but it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Planting a church is kind of like jumping out of a plane and assembling the parachute and hoping it all comes together before you hit the ground. <laughs> That's kind of what it's like. Lord, I hope this, work, this works out before I crash and burn. I, I began, you know, I, I had fear, the fear of the unknown. God, where's the money going to come from? God, where are the people going to come from? God, where are we going to meet? It costs how much to pay rent in Westchester? Hello? It was scary, right? There was, there was a lot of fear involved in it. But looking back, there was so much that God wanted to, to teach me if I would just step out. Let me just tell you, some of the greatest lessons of my life were learned on the other side of my fear. They were learning the other side of my fear. I had to get past my fear. And I want to tell you, you're sitting in the midst of a testimony right now because had I not got past that fear, this church would have never got off the ground. And I look back and I think all that God has taught me, not just what he's done in my life, in my ministry, but all that God wanted to teach me by stepping out in faith, how I learned to trust him like never before, how I learned to depend on him like never before, how I learned to trust God for provision and finances and people, how my faith grew. There was so much that he wanted to teach me. I feel like I've relearned everything about ministry in the last six years of my life, but all of those lessons were on the other side of my fear. And sometimes we let the fear of the unknown keep us from, from learning. Anytime there's change in our lives, it requires teachability. Anytime there's change in our lives, it requires teachability. And, and let's be honest, we're living in a, in a world right now where things are changing so fast, aren't they? Like technology is just changing over and turning over all the time. And sometimes we wonder if we're all going to be obsolete. Ro- robots and, and, and AI are going to be running everything. <laughs> So much technology changes, and, and COVID has changed the, the way we work, right? Re- remote working and video conferencing, and the world is changing so much right now. I really believe it's never been more important than ever before than to get past this obstacle of fear. Church, don't let fear paralyze you. Somebody came to church to hear that. It's a word for you today. Don't let fear paralyze you. God has so much for you. Here's the third thing. Number three, is this helping anybody today? Number three is insecurity. Everybody say Insecurity. Insecurity. Up until now, Moses was the man of God. 
He's the man of God. He was the judge deciding every case that was brought before him. And Jethro says to Moses, if you're going to lead healthy in this next season and like not burn out and kill yourself, you're going to have to lead differently. You're going to have to change the way you're doing things. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to give some of your leadership, give some of your authority away. Look at verse 21, Exodus 18, 21. Jethro says, but select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,150 and, and 10. In other words, Moses, you have to reorganize this thing. You got to lead differently. You got to release some leadership. You got to raise up some leaders. You got to let go of some of the authority. And Moses, in this moment, had to face the roadblock of insecurity. Can you imagine some of the questions that were popping in Moses' head at this time? What if, what if I raise up some new leaders and they do a better job than me? What if, uh, what if the people don't need me anymore? What if they don't come to me anymore? What if nobody thinks I'm a good leader? Come on, if you've ever been a leader before, a supervisor, a manager, a leader of a team, we've probably all had those questions pop in our head before, right? Like, what if, what if people don't think I'm a good leader? What if people find out that I don't have everything figured out, that I don't have all uh, of the answers? What if I mess up? What if I give away leadership and people don't need me anymore? Let me just tell you something, church. Insecurity will lead to wasted learning opportunities. Insecurity will lead to wasted learning opportunities. Moses could have allowed insecurity to get in the way of him receiving Jethro's really sound advice. And anybody who's in management here, you will recognize that Jethro's advice was spot on, wasn't it? Like Moses needed to get reorganized. Sometimes our insecurity gets in the way of our teachability. Gets in the way of our teachability. You know, what happens to us is, is we, we get too insecure to learn. We, we think things like this to ourselves. What if I look stupid? What if I try something new and I look stupid? What if I try something new and I make a mistake? And then sometimes we really feel this sense like I'm supposed to project that I have it all together, especially if you're in a leadership role at work and uh, in, in life, whatever. Like what if, what if people, I'm supposed to project that I'm the one who has the answers, that I know what I'm doing. What if it looks like when I try something new, what if it looks like I don't know what I'm doing? Have you ever felt that way before? And insecurity will keep you from learning opportunities. I'll tell a story on myself here. When Amy and I were first married, uh, I was teaching school at the time. I was a public school teacher and teaching high school English. And Amy actually for a season was a real estate agent. And Amy worked for this broker who, had, who gave all of her agents a really nice perk, a very generous broker. Her family was part owner of a local country club, and she gave all of her agents a free membership to the country club. Now, you had to sell some real estate to maintain that membership, um, but basically, you got a free membership. So we used to go to the pool. We would go play tennis. I mean, here I was, a young, like we were young, fresh, like broke, like out of college, and we had a membership to the country club. But can I be honest with you, when I thought about learning how to play golf, I was really insecure. First of all, here's all these doctors and lawyers who pay like thousands of dollars to pay, play golf. And here I am, this young, broke, you know, fresh out of college kid. And, and I had the most rickety, embarrassing set of clubs you've ever seen in your life. I mean, really, it was bad, you know. And so I, I was really kind of insecure. And I hate to admit this to you, but I only ended up using that golf membership about three times that whole year. Now, those of you who are play, playing golf, you're like kicking yourself for me right now. Like, Pastor Jeremy, I can't believe you did that. I know. And I still suck at golf to this day. 
What a wasted learning opportunity. I should have been out there playing like multiple times a week with a golf pro so I could have learned. But by insecurity got in, in, in my way. And let me just tell you, the older I get, here's what I've realized. We're all going to look stupid at some point in time. Might as well get it over with and jump out there and learn. Come on, we might as well get intentional about growing. We might as well get intentional about being stressed. It's okay to fail as long as you're failing forward. We're all going to mess up every now and then. Some of the best lessons I've ever learned in life were a result of my failures. And so we might as well get over our insecurity. We're all going to look stupid at some point in time. We're all going to feel stupid at some point in time. But don't let insecurity be a roadblock to your teachability. It'll rob you of opportunities. And somebody needs to know that today. Here's the fourth one. The fourth one is the roadblock of pain. Pain. Moses had to confront the roadblock of pain. Now, most likely, the last time Moses had somebody get in his face and challenge him, like his father-in-law Jethro was challenging him, I would guess it was Pharaoh himself. If you remember the story in Exodus, Moses kept going to Pharaoh multiple times, right? Telling him, hey, we got to let my people go. And, 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 and Pharaoh would refuse, and he would call down a plague on, on Egypt, and then Pharaoh would let the people go, and then he would change his mind. How many of you think Moses had a little PTSD from dealing with Pharaoh? Like, this guy changed his mind 10 times, and even when he finally let me go, he still hunted us down right up against the Red Sea, and it took God, like, performing a miracle to get this dude off of my back. And Jethro, you're getting up in my face right now. Come on, you're messing with me, man. You're messing with me. A little, little PTSD. There was some pain there that Moses had from dealing with Jethro. He had to push through some pain to be teachable, and so do we. Let me tell you, church, one of the greatest obstacles to our growth is unprocessed pain. I put it this way. Unprocessed pain leads to unfulfilled potential. Unprocessed pain leads to unfulfilled potential. And we all know someone who got hurt. Not you, but we all know someone who got hurt, and at some point in time, they close their heart off a little bit because they didn't want to get hurt, you know? That's what happens to us, right? As human beings, we open our heart to somebody, to a relationship. We try something new. We, we step out into a new opportunity. We take a leap of faith, and sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes people hurt us, and sometimes a door gets slammed in our face, right? Sometimes we put ourselves out there, and we get disappointed. And so here's the natural mechanism. We want to close our hearts off a little bit to protect ourselves. But in doing so, we close ourselves off from growth moments. We close ourselves off from, from new relationships, from new opportunities, from new mentors that God wants to bring in our lives. And we inadvertently close ourselves off from growth. We didn't mean to. We were just trying to protect ourselves. We were just trying to protect our heart. I'm not going to let anybody hurt me like that again. I'm never going to look that stupid again. I'm never going to mess up like that again. And what happens is we close our hearts off from, from growth. Let me just tell you, unprocessed pain will sabotage your potential for growth and learning every time. And so you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. Let me tell you, I had some pain I had to process before I could plant this church. There was some stuff I had to deal with, some hurts I had gone through from other leaders. And, I, and, and if I had planted this church without dealing with it, I would have planted this church from a, from a really bad place, but I had to get healthy first. I had to get healthy. I had to process my pain. Let me give you an image, okay? I want you to think about the skyscrapers in this city, in New York City. We've got all these new skyscrapers that are going up all the time. It's amazing, right? Like the skyline of Manhattan is being redefined in our, in our lifetime. And, and, you know, it's amazing when you see these buildings go up, how before they build them, they have to go several stories down into the ground. Have you seen this before? 
I remember when they were putting up uh, one Vanderbilt, the new building that's right across from Grand Central, that's really been one of those new buildings redefining the skyline. I remember uh, when, they were, when they were building that building, I would go by and I would peek through the fence and I would look down at how many stories down they were going down in, into the ground. How many of you know before they can build those skyscrapers to soar really high, they have to go really deep and have a strong foundation? And some of you, here's what you need to do. You need to process a few layers down. You need to process a few stories down into your heart. Some of you got some low-level frustration that's just right under the surface all the time, ready to boil over. Some of you got some anger, and you don't even know why you're angry. And you need to pull on the string of that anger and figure out what's going on. Because on the other end of that string, a lot of times, there's some pain that you went through that you haven't processed yet. You need to get with a counselor, or you need to get in prayer, or you need to get into some life-giving conversations. Let the Holy Spirit do a work in your heart, because before you can soar into your full potential in Christ Jesus, you got to do the work of building some foundation so you can have a strong foundation. you got to go a few stories down deep into your heart to experience some healing. you got to process the pain. you got to process the pain. It'll be an obstacle to, to your growth. It'll be an obstacle to, to your growth every time. Here's the fifth thing. The fifth thing is pace, pace. Now, this one might surprise you. You say pride, fear, insecurity, pain. That makes sense. But you're talking about pace, like the pace of, of my crazy, busy life? Yeah. We're talking about an unhealthy, unsustainable pace of life, saying yes to too many things. See, there was a job that only Moses could do, but his pace was keeping him from doing it. He was saying yes to so many people. He was down in the details of so many people's lives that he couldn't focus on the one thing God was calling him to do, and Jethro challenged him. Jethro helped him see it. Look at this, Exodus 18, verses 19 through 20. Moses, uh, Jethro gives Moses his job description. He's like, let me give you your job description, Moses. Let me help you. Now listen to me, and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. We know later on, he says, but you got to get some people around you, some leaders, to help you deal with the lesser things, all the little minor disputes. He says, Moses, listen to me. There's one job that only you can do. God has called you. You are the only one who can represent God to the people, and you represent the people to God. You're the only one who's called to teach the things of God to the people of God. Like you're anointed, you're called, that's what you're called. You're the only one who can do that. You can get help to do all the other stuff. You can raise up leaders to, to, do all, to, to settle all the other disputes, but you're the only one that can hear from God for the people. Moses, that is your job, and only you can do that. And I'm just wondering, is it possible that you're missing out on the one job that only you can do because you're focused on too many things? Come on, parents, you're the only one. Who can be a parent to your kids? Come on, married people. You're the only one that can be a spouse to your husband, to your wife. Come on, everybody. You're the only one who can be a son or a daughter to your, to your parents, a brother, a sister, a friend. What's your life's calling? What's your life's purpose? What's, what's your career? Hopefully, you're in some field that really expresses who God made you to be. You're the only one who can do that. That's the one thing God has called you to do. I believe he's placed a gift on the inside of every one of you. Sometimes we've said yes to so many lesser things that we can't, say, we, we can't say yes to the one good thing, the highest, the best, the best purpose, the best calling, the thing that really represents our full potential in Christ Jesus because the pace of our life is too busy. And I'll tell you, I think pace touches every other obstacle we talked about because if you think about it, if your life is too busy, you don't have time to process your pain. 
if your life is, is, is too busy, you don't have time to deal with your fear and your insecurity. In fact, I would venture to say that some of us are running really fast because we're running from our pain. We're running from our problems. Come on, we can bury ourselves in work and emails and texts because we don't want to sit still long enough to deal with the pain that's in our hearts. So I would suggest that pace actually touches every one of the obstacles that we're talking about today. And it will become an obstacle to your growth because there's something that God wants to teach you about the calling that he placed on the inside of you. He called you to, to do that thing, to be, to be that person he called you to be. And he wants you to lean into it because he's got a lot, he's got a lot to show you. And so let's look at the rest of the story. Here's Moses. He's at a teachability crossroads with an opportunity to learn and to grow, but yet he's facing all of these roadblocks, these obstacles that are in his way, pride and fear and insecurity and pain and pace. And what does he do? Exodus 18, 24 tells us what he does. Here's what it says. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and he followed his suggestions. Moses chose teachability. He chose teachability. He didn't let the roadblocks stop him from becoming who God had called him to be. And do you know what happens next? Two chapters later, Moses receives the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, y'all! Like the moral foundation of Western civilization. Like the moral foundation of Jews and Christians for thousands of years. Millions of people like, that are still resounding in our culture to this day. Now, do you think he would have received the Ten Commandments had he kept the pace that he was keeping before? I don't know the answer, but I would venture to say maybe not. Maybe not. Here's what we know. We know that he listened to Jethro and he let go of those other things and he got dialed in on the one thing that only he could do. And we know that he met with God at Mount Sinai when he received those Ten Commandments and it changed his life and it changed the people of Israel and it changed the world. But here's what I love. Moses chose teachability. Church, here's the good thing. We can choose teachability. Come on, I came to encourage you today. We can choose teachability. You might not be there right now. You may have a lot to learn. You may feel young and inexperienced. You may be starting over midlife. You may have messed some things up, but we can choose teachability. We can choose to be students. That's what this series is all about. After all, Jesus, we are here to sit at your feet. We're not just Christians. We're not just church people. We're not just spiritual. We are followers of Jesus Christ, disciples. And we have decided to follow Jesus. And Jesus, whatever you got to teach me, I'm here for it. I'm here to learn. I'm here to grow. I'm here to hear your voice. And something on the inside of me is going to get resolute. Something on the inside of me is going to get intentional. Something on the inside of me is getting committed to being teachable. Whatever you want to teach me, God, whatever you want to show me, God, whatever you want to change in me, I choose you. I choose your voice. I choose your word. I choose your spirit. I choose teachability. And so I want to leave you with two questions here. Let me end with this. Two questions, and I want to invite you to put these in your notes. Maybe you want to take a picture of these and meditate on these this week because, you know, the sermon is just the beginning of a conversation. You know that, right? Like Sunday's sermon is the beginning of a conversation that you can have with the Holy Spirit all throughout the week. And so here's the first question, number one. Which of these obstacles to teachability are standing in your way of reaching your God-given potential? Can I take a picture of that? I think for most of us, there's one or two. I would say for every one of us, I'm, I'm sure we all resonate and identify with different ones. But, but which of these obstacles are standing in your way of reaching your, your God-given potential? to your growth, to your becoming, to you becoming all that God has called you and needs you to be. Then here's the second question. With God's help, what are you going to do about it? 
Come on, that first, that first part of the phrase is really important. With God's help, what are you going to do about it? God, show me. God, help me. God, send me a friend. God, help me to, to lean into whatever conversations I need to have, whatever changes I need to make. Help me, Holy Spirit. So would you stand with me? We're going to pray into this. Come on, we're going to pray for a breakthrough. We don't want any of these obstacles holding us back from being who God has called us to be. So would you stand with me all over this place? And if it's your heart desire, would you just unite with me in prayer? We're going to invite God to do a work in us. We're going to ask for his help. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Come on, let's call upon the Lord today. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your truth. And God, we want to be everything that you've called us to be, everything you've destined us to be, everything you've purposed us to be. And God, we don't want any of these obstacles to hold us back from being who you're calling us to be. God, remind us of the one thing, the purpose that you placed on the inside of us that our life is meant to be about and help us with each of these, God, with pride and fear and insecurity, all of these different things, God. We're asking for your help. We recognize that we are so weak on our own. We're so powerless to change at times, but we thank you with the help of your Holy Spirit. You can do a work in us, God. You can do a work in us. We invite you to, to help us, oh God. We call upon you, God. We turn to you. In our time of need, and God, we thank you that you, you are faithful. And as we're praying this morning, I want to just pray for the person in this place today who, who you would say, Pastor Jimmy, I want to know God that way. You know, as you're describing how Moses walked with God, how he heard from God, and, and Pastor Jimmy, everything you talked about today, I, I'm feeling, I, I, I feel overwhelmed sometimes by my fear and, and my insecurity and, and, and my pain and my pace of life. It's all out of control right now, and I don't even know where to start, and I feel so far away from God. I don't even know what to do. I, I want you to know this morning, for the person who feels that way, there is one who overcame every one of those obstacles for you. There is one who took your pain on the cross. There is one who took your fears. There is one who's lived the life on your behalf. So you don't have to be held back by insecurity. You don't have to be held back by pride. There is one who took it all for you, who lived a sinless and perfect life on your behalf, and his name is Jesus. And he's drawing you to himself today. He's drawing you to himself today. And it starts with simply praying the simplest childlike prayer, Jesus, I give you my yes. Come on, somebody needs to pray that prayer today. If that's you, we believe it's a loving God who's drawing you to himself today by his son, by his spirit. And so would you just pray that prayer with me for the first time, for the hundredth time? Jesus, I give you my yes. I give you my yes. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Pray this with me. Jesus, I believe you are who you said you are, the son of God, that you live for me, that you died for me on the cross that you resurrected for me, that I might have new life. And so I turn from my sins, and I turn toward you, and I place my faith in you, and I invite you to be the Lord of my life. I say yes to following you. Amen. Father, I bless every person who prayed that prayer today. God, I thank you that your word says that your spirit testifies to our spirits that we received as sons and daughters born again, never the same. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.